Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, where we interview the senior leaders in large accounting firms and networks to talk about juicy topics like leadership, vision, culture, talent, growth, change, performance, and strategy. I'm your host, Rob Brown, and I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Kevin Harris, Office Managing Partner at RSM. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. Good to be here. It's great to have you with us, Kevin. You are in a leadership role in accounting. You've been doing the game a while, but people might not have come across you before. So give us a flavor of your background, how you got into this role and your journey. It all started really back at university. I had no idea I wanted to go into accountancy, but did a business studies degree to get a general knowledge of business. And the area I was really good at, I guess, was the numbers. So uh, somebody recommended maybe go into accountancy. So I ended up joining a large firm after the uni, progressing through, making partner around about 34. So I've been an office managing partner really since mid-30s, and that's been most of my career. Spent most of it with a smaller independent firm where I was one of the senior partners, and then a few years ago left that firm and joined RSM, head up their operation in Leicester. It seems quite a linear career path. Has there been no attractions to go into other things? Once you got into accountancy, that was it? I'm not a traditional accountant, Rob, to be honest. I no. mean, I fit that mould. Most of my career was spent in an organisation where although it was a chartered accountancy practice, I was a, a main shareholder in that business. And I guess I looked at myself really as being a shareholder, running a business, employing a lot of people and growing the business. It just happened that we were in accountancy, professional services, that was our trade. But really, I was more aligned to the strategic direction and development of that business. You bring up a really interesting point, because one of the complaints that clients have about accountants is they think like accountants and they don't think like business owners. They're not an entrepreneur like us, but you can get into that mindset, can't you? Yeah. As I said, my previous firm where I spent most of my career, our model was very much one that was designed around most of our clients. We had a shareholding that was growing in value and that's not the common model that accountants use. Mm. It gave me a lot of empathy with business owners who were running that same model in their corporate business. So I understand the challenges they got and the need to grow value in their business. That was the driver. Now, there are defining moments in our lives, these pivotal points. Have you got any of those that really stand out for you? Yeah, absolutely. There's a number. I mean, the first one, I think, was as many people from my generation in the professional exams, accounts exams will remember. In the old days, you had to pass all your exams in one go. A lot of sort of marginal fail. I failed one by 1%. And I was at my real lowest point. And my wife said, don't let it beat you. You'll regret it if you don't have another go. But I was about to, I think, throw it in at that point and do something else. But I carried on. I guess the other defining point was I was made redundant by a large firm two years into my contract just after leaving university. A large firm who decided to shut their office down in Birmingham. And I'd gone into accountancy, I guess, thinking it was a safe career. Yeah. And then two years in, still in training contract, I ended up looking for another job. And I think that made me realize that if I was going to stay in this profession, I needed to get into a position whereby my destiny was more in my own hands, which I think led me to go to a firm where I could be a key decision maker and not jump into one of the, the larger firms at that point, because I didn't want to be in a position that I hadn't got any control over my destiny. And so I think that led my career to go that way, really. That's a fascinating point, because we think of accountancy, as you say, as a safe career. But without those pivotal moments, if you like, those failures, that redundancy, that missing that exam grade, that builds mental resilience that you will need later on as a leader. And a lot of leaders don't have that because it's almost been too easy for them. Yeah, I think resilience is a really, really important word. I mean, there were a lot of people who came into the 
this profession when I did and they made it through and stayed in the profession and I think that's because they were probably much more intelligent than I am they could have made as good if not better accountants than me but actually it's having the staying power and not letting something beat you and I think that resilience is a really really important thing I like the way you made that decision almost subconsciously that you wanted to have a voice in a firm you wanted influence so you said I can't do it down in the ranks as it were I need to develop leadership capability I need this mental strength I want a voice I want to be partner managing partner so you decided quite early on that you wanted to go high didn't you absolutely I don't see myself as a traditional accountant I don't fit that mold when I do the sort of psychometric tests I probably shouldn't really be an accountant <laughs> but I guess I've spent less of my time really in the accountancy doing than just getting involved in running a business what I love is strategy and looking at vision strategy direction and identifying where the gaps are in the market what the market's going to look like in the future can we build a firm that's going to actually exploit that and that's really where I focus my time so I think the fact that I'm in a professional services firm and in accountancy it doesn't really matter to a degree it's more about the leadership and ability to change things true I get that but how difficult is it being the personality that you are because I've met you a few times now and you're right you don't come across as a standard accountant you're not easily boxable if you like but that must rub up against other partners and other people that just don't get that mindset yeah and within 12 months of making partner at my previous firm I put a blueprint down to, to open a third office up we had two offices at that time most of my career really building an office up in not isolation but that the remaining partner group were quite remote from where I was I built that office up and created a, an environment that I felt comfortable working in yeah I found it difficult at times trying to work within a traditional partnership accounting model because I find that a lot of people have differing views and different ways of looking at things and I do I think my mind works differently and I think you need people like that in an organization you need difference but sometimes people don't like different for sure that you do and I'm just thinking that the pastors in our church Kevin and they lead the way they cast the vision they call people to follow them but there's so many different personalities and characters in a church in a firm it's difficult to get consensus sometimes not everyone agrees with you that must be one of the challenges of leadership isn't it is getting that buy-in for your vision absolutely and I think one thing you have to recognize early on Rob is that you're not going to make everybody happy and everybody's not going to follow you gladly with everything that you do you have to recognize that there will be people who simply will look at it and say I don't agree with you and part of leadership is saying okay we may not agree on everything but we agree on where the vision is and what we're trying to do the actual way we get there we need to be open-minded about that mm. and I'm more somebody who tries to sort of set that clear vision on where we're trying to get to I'm not too formulaic in how we get there right a fatalist at the end of the day and I believe you will end up in the position that's been mapped out for you but it's how you get there the routes that you follow which I think is the interesting bit and there's lots of different ways of getting to the same end point and what a flexible approach because that gives people scope to find their own way to the same destination yeah absolutely and as I said earlier embracing difference I think is important I'm not the kind of person who likes to build a team around me of like-minded similar people I like people who are going to question my ways and my thoughts because that's the only way you learn didn't MBA about 15 years ago and the great thing about that was I did it with people from completely different professions and backgrounds yeah armed forces public sector and it gets your head into the way of thinking different ways of thinking and decision making that if you've been an accountancy firm if you don't watch it everybody tends to think pretty much the same way yes 
sort of logical mindset of most people in a profession. You don't actually want that because inertia sets in that way. Yeah, that's very refreshing. But I'm going to put you in a box for just a moment. I'm a black belt in kickboxing. And when I look at you, Kevin, you're a hard, tough-looking guy. You'd make a great <laughs> nightclub bouncer. You've got that look. And when you say, I'm open to be challenged and I'm happy to have people around me, I wouldn't want to challenge you. So what do you like when people say, hey, I don't agree or that's not the right way? I'm a pussycat, Rob. Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> a gentle job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one thing is, I don't have many bad debts. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, I think when people get to know me, they realise that what I am is a very, very accommodating person. Somebody who's prepared to listen. I think listening is a skill that is very rarely used. A lot of people who like to talk, I like to listen to other views and then form an opinion. And then it's not about me trying to get to convince people that my way's right. It's about trying to come to a sort of common agreement on how we take things forward. And I'm a flexible kind of guy, really. I don't like to think that people are scared. And people who've worked for me don't say that. They say actually underneath do have a very different mode and that is a critical quality of a leader because if they like you they will trust you even if they don't agree with you they will trust you that you know where you're going so they will get on board despite any reservations yeah you know there's a number of people who have joined me now at rsm from a previous firm people who yeah. worked before some people will like your style some people won't the job of leadership is not to try and make everybody like you it's not about that it's really about trying to set that out to people hopefully to come along willingly not to be press ganged into feeling this is the only way we do it yeah that's very good. I remember my days back when I was a high school maths teacher and I'd be giving out the kids homeworks or detentions or things like that. And they'd say, I'll oh, say we don't like you, all this work you're giving us. And I would always say, I'm not here to be liked. Yeah, I'm here absolutely. to do my job. And there's absolutely. a little bit of that. And I've come across really strong leaders in the past in accounting firms, Kevin, that lead by, I wouldn't say so much by fear, but by power. There's a certain arrogance, there's a certain aura about them. But the problem with that is that people lower down, they're scared to challenge. So you end up with saboteurs and backstabbings and those back channels of things going on. And there's not that open culture, is there? No. And I think professional service firms can often be hotbeds of those kind of things, as in any organization you can get people who can play the game yes and they play the political game I can't be political I'm not intelligent enough to play the political <laughs> <laughs> always about be honest with yourself and be honest with the person you are that way you never have to put the mask on you never have to be think well, what, what persona was I last week last month if you're just always true to yourself people get to trust you then they know that that's the true you that's very good and you're clearly a smart guy but you're modest with it as well and you admit that you haven't got there on your own so looking back on your life there must have been many or influential figures that have spoken into your life, given you pieces of advice that served you well in your leadership role? Any particular bits stand out for you? The firm I joined in the 90s, who I spent most of my career with, they had some, what I would say now was sort of older traditional partners, accountants that grew up in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Sure. Old and, school. Uh, yeah, old school. Yeah. The old hierarchy is you knocked at the door, you didn't go in and sit down, you waited to be asked to sit down in the office. All those old traditional ways, which nowadays a lot of people would think, that's really old hat. How could it ever been like that? And that's only odd years ago. But actually, what that made me realise was that to a degree, sometimes hierarchies are important in organisations and a degree of respect, because I feel that I've done it the hard way. I mean, it wasn't easy for me to qualify. It wasn't easy for me to get to the positions I've got to. I've done it by hard work. And I think people recognise that. And the good thing about our professions is to get to the top, ordinarily, you've probably had to start pretty much near the bottom. You've had to work your way up and you've had to get your hands dirty and do the jobs that you're asking people to do now. People recognise it. They recognise you've been there. You've been through it. What I try to do is explain to people when I was in your position, there were challenges for me. There were different mm. there. But I understand where you are. And I'll always be somebody who'll try and help people to get through those kind of challenges. You bring 
to mind, though, a feature of the modern day accounting professional, Kevin. They are millennials and younger now, Gen X, Gen Z. They just want to get there faster, don't they? They don't want to be chained to a desk for eight, 10 years. They don't want to have to go through what you went through to earn their stripes. So how do you deal with that? You're absolutely right, Rob. And I do think this is a challenge we're facing. I do feel that people automatically feel that they've got a right to something and that they feel that they should get it in a more accelerated way. I'm prepared to accept that it was going to take me a number of years working through the ranks to get to that position. Yeah, It's wrong sometimes, I guess, to sort of generalise too much, but there is a tendency now for people to want things too early. Doing a few more years at a certain level in a structure, in a professional services firm, sometimes that has its merits because when you actually get to the more senior level, you've got more experience to draw back on. There is a tendency sometimes to promote too early because you want to retain people in the organisation. Often a lot of those people, they probably look back on it and think, maybe I was promoted too early, maybe I should have stayed in that position a bit longer, but there's a tendency not to want to do that now, but that's got its merits. Mm. The snowflake generation, they call them, they, they don't last yeah, anywhere well, too long, do they? My son and daughter are in that group, so sometimes I see it firsthand of people. Unfortunately, they're not like that. They both feel that they need to work their way through. They follow mm. the approach that, that I did, which I'm grateful to see. But I do think there's a lot of people out there, yeah, who want it too early, but then maybe they suffer in the long run. Well, you bring up your son and daughter, you're a family man. I get the impression that you live your personal life the way you live your work life in that it's full on and you live it to the max so naturally in a role like yours it's almost 24 7 particularly in these challenging times we're in right now you are a shoulder to cry on you're a therapist you're a counselor you're a, a leader you're making tough commercial decisions in emotional environments talk to us about that personal and work balance and how easy or difficult it is. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I've spoken with many people at similar levels about how you do this. If you'd have asked me this question 10 years ago, I think I lived and breathed 24-7, the role I had. In okay. The almost um, to the point where you'd say you got it wrong? Would you Would you be that honest? Yeah, absolutely. If I go on holiday, I couldn't really switch off from it. I was pointed towards a book called The Power of Now about living in the now. That changed my view on things. Too often you are going on holiday, you're taking time out, but you're never really switched off and your mind isn't enjoying it and isn't taking in what's around you. You've got to learn to switch from one to the other and it's a difficult technique to adopt. I spent a few years trying to do that and now I actually feel that I break up my day now even though we're working at home a lot of the time and it's a different environment. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take some time out I just go and do something completely different take my mind off work even for 15-20 minutes and I'm able to do it but it's taken me many years to be able to do that. I would have gone to take the dogs for a walk for example and I'd always have been thinking about that email that's just come in the email. Mm -hmm. Now I'm able to actually sort of switch switch off, even if it's for 10, 15 minutes completely, and then come back to it. And the other thing I do, Rob, is that if my mind really isn't focused and I don't think I'm really geared up for doing the work at that point, I simply don't try. I'll go and do something else knowing that I'm going to be more focused in an hour or so. There'll be points in the day when I'm going to be really, really intensely focused on what I'm doing. If my mind's not with it, it's a waste of time trying to get yourself to do that because you're not functioning the right way. That's so insightful. And it's Leadership 101, Kevin, because it's managing your own state, your own mind, yeah. managing your own productivity if you can't get that right how can you boss it with anyone else yeah i think what's going on in your head is really important because it does affect everything around you in your life and maybe you just need to get more mature years where i am now this mindfulness and ways of trying to understand how the mind works i think it's something we should be trying to get people earlier on in life to really try and understand a drive to do that in my own firm rsm and other you know, mindfulness is really really important yeah you bring up a, a really good point i did a podcast for another show I do called Accounting Influencers with a guy who uh, called Andy Zolkeld. He was a top four would-be partner and he had a nervous breakdown, tried to commit suicide. And he tells the story of how he was so pressured to conform, to put in the hours, to work hard, to be present in the job. 
to forgo any social life. And when that started to crack for him, there was nobody he could turn to because he didn't want to no. be seen to be weak and vulnerable. You can't share that with people. And people he did share it with, they started to ostracize him and push him yeah. to the side. And that made the breakdown even worse. And yeah. it's difficult to admit though when you're struggling in a job like accounting. I think, Rob, you look back to the times that most of my career was spent in the 80s and the 90s. If you look at those as, as decades, especially the 80s, something like admitting that you needed to take a break was a complete weakness. That was how the society was was led really in that time. And, and I think a lot of damage was done by people thinking that they've just got to be 24-7 switched on. Because ultimately, it will lead to overheating, will end up with long-term problems. What I love about what you've done, though, Kevin, is you haven't assumed that things are going to get easier the higher up you go. You have been very intentional about acquiring skills and habits in your mind, in your daily work, in your process that have allowed you to start to separate work and personal. Yeah, it is. And I think the other thing is, is constant learning. I know from listening to some of your other podcasts, Rob, yeah. you know, people have said about the importance of constant learning. I mean, I remember going back to do my MBA when I did it and people said to me, you're mad. Why are you doing that? I was the only partner in the firm who'd ever thought of doing it. Yeah. Just needed to start getting my head into different space and start seeing things in different ways because I was working around accountants every day and I needed to work around other people and see how other people thought yeah uh, when you do something like an mba you're a constant learner then. you never switch off from learning only last year i went to cambridge judge the business school and did some time there just to just to refresh some of the thinking and i think you need to be constantly doing that all leaders should be doing yeah it's recharging your batteries isn't it and we're getting ready to go again yeah and also we tend to follow the patterns that we've set in the past especially if they've been successful we think yeah. if successful then it'll be successful now when i move firms and when i started with rsm it was a case of trying to test out whether i was just lucky first time around i wanted to test myself and see can we do it again we built something successful i wanted to try and do it in a different environment rsm is a much larger business than i'd ever worked in i'd always steered clear yeah. of the corporate accountancy firms because i didn't think i'd fit in and frankly i have fitted in it's been a great move for me so yeah. i'm pleased with that i'm fascinated by this entrepreneurial spirit that you've got because accountants are not known as risk takers it's a very conservative role the numbers rule. So tell us about a big risk that you've taken in your career or life generally. Well, I guess the biggest risk, as I said, is the one I've hinted at a couple of, a couple of times about four years ago. I turned 50. I just wasn't enjoying it anymore, Rob, to be honest. I'd, I'd given my that, heart that's honest. into that organization. My wife said to me, we're on holiday and said, you just don't seem happy. And I was earning more than I ever thought I would earn. I'd got a mm. lot. It was fantastic. But it just didn't feel right, Rob. And I came back and resigned. I was the first senior partner to resign from that organization organization wow. I had to go to I had no role beyond it shock waves in the firm and yeah it did it caused a number of issues the ramifications of that are still carried on but it was the right thing to do I think I had to do it it was a massive risk the comment I said earlier I'm a fatalist at the end of the day I do believe that things are mapped out for you and I knew there was a new challenge out there I didn't know what it was yeah. but within no time that new challenge had presented and we're grateful to have done it now but how much of that risk was calculated or how much of it was right I've just had enough great that you've got your wife speaking into your life and challenging you in that way and saying you're not happy but sometimes we make decisions on a whim like that and deal with the consequences and hoping it will work out other yep. times we plan some kind of an exit or change so how calculated was it for you i think i'd known probably for about two years before then that right. i needed something else before i decided to hang my boots up i needed yeah. a major challenge i also wanted a bit of flexibility rob to do I had a number of other roles you know chairing the lep in leicester and, and with the chamber and 
and the Midlands engine on the board of those. I wanted to have a bit of time to be able to do stuff that was a bit wider than just the one firm. I wanted to get involved in trying to make a difference at a regional level. Yeah. Um, so I wanted the, the capacity to be able to do that and the flexibility to do it as well. Drives you, Kevin. You seem a very driven character. It's a good question. It's trying to achieve what I think is the best that I can do. I don't set myself massive targets. I never have done. I've never been somebody who said I need to be at this level by then. I did in my early stages of my career because I wanted to get to partnership and really excel as a partner. Hmm. Nowadays, I don't really have those specific targets that are set out. I want to be able to just enjoy what I'm doing. That's important. I'm in a position now that I can spend a bit more time enjoying it rather than having to worry too much about where the next pound is coming from. And therefore, I want to enjoy it and I want to feel like I've made a difference. That's within RSM and the firm I work in, but it's also at a wider level. People say about legacy. I'm not a big legacy person, but I do want to feel that in years to come, somebody may say, well, actually, that was started or created or set up by Kevin. It's great what he did and this is where we got to on the back of it sure i'm really interested in that i'm glad you brought up legacy because your tenure in the accounting world will be measured by what you have grown and you've not just grown firms but you have actually entrepreneurially built things from scratch you've done that creating something from nothing so talk to us a little bit about how accounting firms grow how they win work how they stand out because that's the world you've built isn't it yeah, winning work, the whole sort of business development side has been a big part of my career. I was a partner really who, although I looked after relationships, to be honest, my main role was about profile, taking the firm forward, brand. But that's not natural for accounting tax generally, is it? That's no, unusual, not. you've got to admit. It's not It's not natural, and I think a lot of accountants shy away from it. There are some people who are just very good at it, but they don't realise it. It's about, I think, being prepared to fail sometimes. And accountants often don't go into something. You said about risk profile. Yeah. I think they might fail. If the odds are they might fail, they probably don't do it. And with something like business development, you have to have a lot of failures for every success, as we all know. But then you need that resilience as well. I mean, a lot of the clients I act for now probably took me five, six, seven years to win. I've been pushed back many times. And you know, one day the door will open and you've got to be there ready to seize that opportunity. But business development nowadays, we've seen a change in a lot of ways. With things like LinkedIn, social media are a great way to put yourself and your profile and your brand out there. And we see now in RSM, we see a lot of opportunities coming in through LinkedIn. You know, years ago, you would never have had anticipated that would have nothing and it's important to use that is it your philosophy kevin as a leader that everyone in the firm should be involved in business development it's a really good question depends what you mean by business development well you uh, define it for us i think everybody should be involved in promoting the organization whatever role they do they are an ambassador for the organization i think you have to instill that in the organization itself everybody plays a part in the success of the organization important to make sure everybody understands that bd you have to identify those people who've got business development expertise some of those people now you can you can identify that quite early on in somebody's career i think you can see those people who are more adept at it what i will never do is push somebody into doing bd who doesn't feel comfortable doing it right you need to get people who enjoy it because if you enjoy bd you will be more successful at it if you enjoy winning clients and the whole challenge of it and that the buzz of, of converting a, a new proposal and winning a pitch that is the thing that used to get me out of bed was the drive to do that if you can find people who have that similar desire then you need to really foster that and bring that through in the organization there aren't that many people in my opinion per capita who are great at going out, identifying and winning business. There's so much I want to ask you about. Do you feel business development is coachable and how does it impact succession? But I want to ask you about talent. You're clearly a nurturer of talent and it's really important if you're growing and building anything that you get the right people around you. So how much of a challenge is it for you recruiting talent and how do you attract them? 
I think it's the biggest challenge, Rob. I make no bones about it. The challenge when I joined RSM, we had a lack of talent in some senior positions in the organisation. RSM made it clear to me that part of my role was to bring those people in. So not just at the bottom, you're talking about in senior roles. Senior, yeah, right, senior, yeah, yeah, at senior level. And, and you're I, scared of promoting too early sometimes, aren't you? So that's the other challenge you mentioned. Yeah, I knew that you bring in the right people and it actually really pulls up all those people below because they have somebody like I had to look up to and say, yeah. I want that tax partner in years to come. I want to be that book finance guy in yeah. the time. So I, I spent most of my three and a bit years now at RSM focusing on bringing the good talent in. I've got a saying that, you know, you need the right people in the right seats on the bus and it has to be the right people. The one thing I won't do is compromise. Fortunately, we've recruited three people in the last six months as partner level. They were the people that we targeted. You've got to go after the people you really want. Don't compromise on it and then sell on the vision. And that's the one thing that all of those people have said to me. The one thing you did very successfully, Kevin, you gave it us warts and all. You told us what it was like. It's not going to be great on day one, but the vision is we can build something together here. And I think if you can sell that to people, especially at senior level, that's what they want to hear. Yeah, I can see how charismatic you would be in bringing on new people. I'd find it hard to say no to you just because you so passionately believe in what you're doing. That's really attractive. Yeah, I think it is. But people can see through that, Robert. If you're just trying to put this corporate face on that says we can be the number one player, well, you know, everyone says that. Yeah. What does that actually mean? What does it mean for me? I want to be associated with success in whatever form I define that. And I think those kind of people who are going to work well with me and I'm going to work well with them are going to have a similar view on that. Yeah. They want to achieve the best they can and they want to know that they're going to have somebody who's going to recognise that success and make sure that they're, they're part of it and they're sharing it. Yeah. And it's about trust, isn't it? There's a key word in, in anything to do with professional firms. It's about trust. If you can trust the people you're around, you're off to a really good start. Yeah. Kevin, this has been fascinating today. If people like the sound of what you're saying, want to have a chat to you about some opportunities or find out more about you, what you're doing at RSM, what's a good way for them to reach you? So LinkedIn's great, but they can always go on to RSM. They've got my contact details on there. My email address is on there, kevin.harris at rsmuk.com or my mobile numbers through LinkedIn. So just contact me anytime if you're interested. Great. Well, this has been a fascinating insight into a leader of leaders, which you surely are. Do you want to leave us with a piece of advice you'd give to, say, a new recruit or an upcoming leader to help them make the most of the opportunities in this wonderful profession? Yeah, what I'd say is you become a stronger person from the knocks back. You know, the, the knockbacks that you get are really the thing that make you what you are they build that resilience don't want everything too soon coming back to another point we raised i honestly believe that you know the cream floats to the top if you've got it in you and you are capable of it it will come through you've just got to make sure you believe in yourself love that i'm just reminded of the old army adverts you remember those kevin where they say if you've got it in you we'll bring it out yeah and you know what a good boss let's use that term or a good leader will identify that and will achieve that but you need to associate yourself with the right people and if something doesn't feel right it doesn't fit your values get out and do something else don't try and compromise well kevin harris that's been world class thank you so much for your time and your insights today thanks rob you've been listening to the accounting leaders podcast with me rob brown i want to personally thank you for spreading the word and sharing our show with your accounting network and if you are an accountant who wants to master the skills of winning business for your firm and enhancing your income and career prospects our business development academy site has some great training for you at bdacademy.pro now do connect to me on linkedin and at the rob brown on twitter i'd love to hear what you think about this show and our other hugely popular sister podcast accounting influencers until next time enjoy the rest of your day